and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captive, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely. We have committed wickedness. Verse 48, And so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee towards their land, which thou gavest them unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, the house which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee and all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee. Give them compassion before them who carried them away captive that they may have compassion on them. Hallelujah. Amen. And the title of my message is Coming Back from the Land of the Enemy. Coming Back from the land of the enemy. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we can do nothing of self. Lord, we ask you right now to anoint your words, Lord God, that I will be able to deliver, Lord, that it will edify, that it will bless, that it will encourage, Lord, that it will strengthen. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, we come against every spirit of doubt, of fear, of chaos. We bind it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We lift up your name right now. Hallelujah. Oh God, because your word is pure, your word is truth. Lord, let it be a seed that finds good soil. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm coming back. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Coming back from the land of the enemy. All of you who were paying attention probably know that yesterday was called Veterans Day. 105 years ago, On the 11th day of the 11th month, at the 11th hour, in 1918, the powers that were at war with each other signed an agreement called an armistice, where they ceased fighting each other. And that day and that hour and that month was the end of World War I. And from that time on, that day, the 11th month, the 11th day has been celebrated as a memorial. Now, it used to be called Armistice Day all the way up until 1954, and then Congress changed the name to Veterans Day to commemorate the people who had been to war in World War I and had come back, and the people who had gone to war in the Korean War and had come back. We celebrate Veterans Day for those who have come back from the land of the enemy. We celebrate Memorial Day for those who did not come back from the land of the enemy. But I want you to know, if you don't know, you're in a spiritual war. Let me say it again. You are in a spiritual war. Our Armistice Day, our Ceasefire Day has not yet come. So you can't lay down your weapons. You can't pretend that you, you're not at war because you are. And it's still enemy territory that we are on. So you know what? You have to be on your watch. You know, think it's strange the fiery trials that shall come upon you. 
I tell you, when you're in one of these countries where they're shooting at you, you're not surprised that they're shooting at you. In fact, you're being cautious. You're looking around because you know you are on enemy territory. You see, a veteran is one that has been in battle and lived to come back from the land of the enemy. See, I want to be God's veteran. Amen. He has told us that we can come back from the land of the enemy. Amen. See, this is not our country. We are in the land of the enemy. In John chapter 18 and verse 36, when Pilate asked him, listen, don't you know that I have the power to execute you? You know, they say you're a king. This is what Jesus said. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is not my, my kingdom is not from hence. This is not our kingdom. This is not our world. I know that we can be patriotic and we can claim uh, U.S. citizenship or wherever you were born, but this is truly not our home. This is not to be your final destination. In fact, we're on enemy territory. We're in a war and we are behind the lines. Paul said he had another citizenship. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 in the New King James Version, he said, for our citizenship is in heaven. In the King James, it says conversation, but in the New King James, it says our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior. I have nothing here that I want. I have no five-year plan. I have no 10-year plan. If Jesus doesn't come, I'm going to be in trouble. I burned my boats, amen? I left the fishing nets. I don't have any long-term plan. My only hope is in Christ. Paul said we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Isn't that great? I can't do it, but he can See, Paul the Apostle was very special amongst all the Apostles because at that time he was the only one that had Roman citizenship. In that day, that was a very precious and great thing. People paid money to get Roman citizenship. It was highly prized. And it was something that people sought after. Yet he said, listen, this is not my citizenship. This is my fleshly citizenship. But my real citizenship is in heaven. I want you to ask you, where is your citizenship today? Because if this is your home territory, you're in trouble. To me, this is enemy territory. My citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. This world is not my home. As the song says, I'm just a passing through. Today, probably the most prized citizenship is U.S. citizenship. And like Paul, maybe most of you were born here, so you have that by right. But it's a fleshly citizenship. To get the heavenly citizenship, guess what you have to do? You have to have the new birth. You have to be born of the water and of the spirit. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 5, he said, Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's not my words. That's Jesus' words. That which is born of flesh, yes, you may have U.S. citizenship, but hopefully that's not your final destination. If in this life alone we had hope, Paul said we would be of of men most miserable. If this was it, boy, there is no hope. I I don't have a a huge 401k plan. I don't have any great, uh, you know, 
thing hidden away. I don't have stacks in the bank account. My investment is in heaven. My treasure is laid up in a heavenly place. Listen, if the stock market crashed tomorrow, I'm not going to be any worse off. You know why? My citizenship is in heaven. Where is your citizenship today? See, we are on enemy territory. There's been no peace treaty signed yet. It's not uh, Veterans Day yet for us. Amen. You know what that means? You better have your armor on. You better have armored up. You have better put on some things to protect yourself. You have better walked out with the word of God. You better have had the sword of the spirit. You better have had something in here that you can deal with the enemy. Hallelujah. Because we're at war. I don't know about you, but I know the devil's been shooting at me. Amen. He's been trying to take me down for a long time. A few times he may have nicked me, but you know what? The Bible says a righteous man falleth down seven times, but he you know what? He gets back up. Come on, let's give God some worship in here today. You may say, well, what's that to do with me? I'm not involved in this. You know, some people try and stay out of stuff. They try and get out of stuff. At the beginning of World War II, America had a policy they called isolationism. They didn't want to get involved. This was a European war. We can stay over here and nothing will happen until Japan attacked them. And then they found out you can't stay out of some stuff. You have to stand up for truth. You see, we are fighting because the enemy has attacked us first. He's stolen a lot of things from some people. He's stolen some people's health. He's stolen some people's finances. He's stolen some people's well-being. He's stolen some people's relationship. He's stolen some people's peace. He's stolen some people's love. He's stolen some people's inheritance. Are you not mad at him? I'd be mad at him. And on top of that, he's taken many, many people prisoner. Bible says so. That's what Jesus said in Isaiah. When he read from the scroll, he said he has come to set those that are bound in prison free. He kept to set at liberty them that are bound. He was talking about Satan. Satan has got some people deceived and bound and captive in addictions, in some delusions, in some deceptions. Most of all, he stole our immortality. We were created to live forever. In Romans 5.12, Paul says, Wherefore, as by one man, one, usually it's one man that causes all the trouble. One dictator starts a war. One man, Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. He stole our immortality. He stole the fact that I'm not always going to look this good. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're not always going to look that good either. We're going to get older. And eventually, this vessel is going to decay. He stole the immortal bodies that God designed us to have. He wants to kill you even now bodily and then spiritually. He wants to kill your soul. Aren't you mad? Isn't that enough for you to sign up to get into this battle to say, I'm not taking this anymore. Now, notice what the scripture says. The gates of hell shall not prevail. It's not him coming to the church. The church should be going to him. It's the gates of hell that are going to be destroyed. Jesus came to destroy the works of him that had the power over death. So that when he arose, he said, 
all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Now, Hebrews tells us we don't see it yet manifested because he has not begun to reign. But right now, we're still on enemy territory. You better get your armor on. You better get serious about your warfare because he wants to kill you. And if there's anything left, he wants to steal it from you. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to make you sad. He wants to make you depressed. Are you mad yet? See, we're talking about those who can come back from the land of the enemy. Some people get converted and they stay there. They change sides. Judas changed sides. He became part of the enemy. He, he was there with the Roman soldiers. You see, but this war is fought by someone, not me by myself, but by our captain. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11 See, this war is not a one-man army, but it is a one-man victory. Revelation 19, 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. See, that's who is fighting for us. The word of God. The Bible says there's nothing more powerful because we know that things that appear were not made of things that we can see. But God spoke them into being. If God just says three words into your life, that's all you need. You all know what those words are, don't you? Let there be. If God says, let there be, the only answer is, come on, let's see if you understand how this works. When God says, let there be, the only answer is, ten times in Genesis, God said, let there be. And the only answer was, that's all you need. When the word of God fights for you, then you will come out victorious. Hallelujah. But there is something you got to do. You have to follow the word. Because since the word of God is our commander, then the word of God is what you've got to follow. You can't come up with your own plan. You can't decide you're going to go off in left field and fight it the way you think it ought to be followed. You've got to follow the commander. See, if you're planning of of becoming a veteran and coming back from the land of the enemy, you have got to follow the word of God. You can't do this on your own. As I said, it's not a one-man army, although it will be a one-man victory. And that one man is Jesus Christ. See, Paul in the epistle to the Ephesians, he put it this way. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in myself, in my family, in my paycheck, in what I'm getting, in my education, in the Lord. There's only one way you're going to win this. You can't do it by yourself. You can't go out there and think you got it all worked out. The only way you can get through this is to be strong in Jesus, in the Lord, and in the power of his might, not mine. I can't do it. David couldn't do it. He said, you come in the, in the you uncircumcised, for the, you come in your God. I come in the name of the God of Israel. See, you can't go off, devise your own battle plan. That won't work. You've got to do it according to the word of the Lord. See, this is not a safe place. As I said, you have to put on the whole armor of God. You are in a war. So where is your gear? You know, when they call uh, Revali and everybody jumps out the barracks and they come and they, they stand up for review, they better be dressed. 
They got to have all their gear on all shined and ship shape or else they're going to be in trouble. Do you know there's a trumpet going to sound? God's going to know, are you dressed? Do you have the wedding garment on? Are you ready for battle? Where have you been? Don't you understand this is a spiritual war? Your enemy is going about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. You people on the edge of the flock hanging back. That's who he's going after. You ever watch these uh, National Geographic shows? You never watch the lion is proud and he's looking for the ones at the outside who don't get in the center of the flock. I want to be right in the middle. I want everyone around me. I want my church family around me. I want the power of God surrounding me. Where is your gear? In Ephesians 6.14, Paul takes a Roman soldier's armor and he likens it and uses it as a symbol of how we should be armored up. Ephesians 6.14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. The first thing he says you've got to put on is truth. You can't go facing the devil except you have truth. You have to have truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. The first thing we have to make sure of is that our word is true. If you don't have truth, you're never going to be a veteran. Because he's going to kill you with deceit and lies because you don't have the truth. See, we have to gird ourselves with truth. Because the enemy is going to kill you with deception and deceit. And if you don't have truth, the Bible said even the very elect could be deceived. The first piece of armor you need to put on is truth. You have to have the word of truth. And in fact, let me give you a little revelation. All armor in the medieval times was made of iron. So what is the armor that Paul is telling us about? You'll find that every piece of it is made of the word of God. John 17, 17 says this. Sanctify them, what? Through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the the girdle, the, the, the belt is truth. I'm trying to tell you that the whole armor is actually the word of God. It's it's his word that is truth. It's not my word that is truth. It's not my ways that is truth. It's not my understanding. It's not my vision. It's not my revelation. It's not my opinion. It's his word. If I gird up with anything else, then maybe I'm not coming back. Won't be celebrating that heavenly veterans day with me because I've got the wrong truth on. I got my own truth on. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So, Pastor, you said that has to do with the word of God. Well, yes, it does. Psalms 119, verse 172 says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness is based and made out of the word of God. It's made out of his commandments. Psalms 119 verse 123 says it again. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation, for the the word of thy righteousness. Armor has to be made out of something. And you know what God's armor is made out of? The word of God. The belt is the word of God because it's his truth. The breastplate of righteousness is his commandments, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation is also made out of the word of God. Acts 13, 26. Men and brethren... 
children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you that feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Even the helmet is made out of the word of God. I'm telling you, if you want to be a veteran, if you're going to come back from the land of the enemy, you better have the word of God. The Bible says, having your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Of course, that's obvious that that's the word of God. I don't even have to give you a scripture for that, but I will anyway. Acts chapter 10, verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Shod with the gospel of peace. So even the shoes are the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? You're on enemy territory, church. If you want to come back from the land of the enemy, you better have the word of God covering you and the truth of God being your girdle. Amen. Some preachers say I'm preaching better than your amening. <laughs> Amen. I hope this isn't a surprise to you. This is just the word of God. We have to understand that we're in a war. Satan hates you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. He wants nothing more to see you destroyed because that's the only way he can get at God. He can't hurt God. But he can get at God's children. And he will try and attack and destroy you. As I said yesterday, they celebrated Veterans Day. It's supposed to be about those who made it back from the land of the enemy. I want all of us to be able to say on that great Veterans Day, I made it back. I made it over. I came back from the land of the enemy. 1 Kings 8.33 When thy people Israel are smitten down before the enemy because they have sinned against thee and shall turn again to thee and confess thy name and pray and make supplication unto thee in this house. Then hear thou in heaven, forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest unto their fathers. You know the land that, we, that really was given to us? Do you know what it is? It's the Garden of Eden. That's my heavenly home. That's your inheritance. The scripture says here that if you make it to that heavenly veterans day, it's, you're going to be brought back again. That's what he told the thief on the cross. Today thou shalt be with me where? In paradise. Now in Jesus' day, the enemy was at war so much he tried to kill all the children because he wanted to kill Christ. Herod sent out his soldiers and he killed thousands of children. From zero age to two years old. And of course this was prophesied. In Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15. The prophecy that Herod would do this. That he would send an army to kill all the children. Thus saith the Lord. A voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children. Refused to be comforted for her children. Because they were not. And I'm sure in Jesus' day, there was a lot of weeping because he sent and he killed thousands of children. But you know, the very next verse gives us comfort and hope because the Lord is saying something here today. Thus says the Lord, verse 16, Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You don't have to cry. If you will endure to the end, if you will put on the whole armor of God, God has promised, listen, you're going to be a veteran. There's going to be a heavenly veterans day because the Lord has said, 
They shall come again from the land of the enemy. This is not my home. This is not where I'm staying. I'm headed back to where my earth, my heavenly inheritance is. I'm coming back from the land of the enemy. You can stand. I'm done. Back from the land of the enemy. We're in a war church. Satan is trying to kill you. And he's so clever about it too. He's so sneaky. He'll do it in so many little sneaky ways. And because of that, he is ensnared and trapped so many people. Starting with Eve in the garden. Doesn't it look so good? Hath God said? Hath God commanded you not to do this? But it's because he knows that you will be just like him. See, it looks so, so good. And the Bible said when she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes and it was a thing to make one wise. See, the tricks of the enemy, if you're not girded with truth, she became deceived. It's easy to be deceived if you're not foundational on truth. That truth is found in only one place, the word of God. You can't go by revelational. Paul said, if I or an angel from heaven preach any any other gospel than that which was first delivered to you, let him be accursed. And I say, he said it again. He said it twice because he won. He said, even if I come back, if I, Paul, show up and start telling you, uh, wait a minute, I made a mistake, let me be accursed. We can't add to God's word or take it away. Whatever God has commanded, we have to fulfill. We have to put on the armor that is made, every piece of it, based foundationally on the word of God. But if we do that, this promise in Jeremiah 31, whoever you have lost, whatever you have lost, Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded. Saith the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There's going to be a veteran's day in heaven to beat all veterans' days. Amen. There's going to be a celebration in heaven to beat all celebrations. And if you make it, Jesus said, I'm going to call your name. I will be proud to call your name before the angels and before my father. I'm telling you, church, we're in a war down here. Don't get too comfortable. Don't think this is the place you're going to, you know, your forever home, as they say. This is not my forever home. I have a house, but it's not my forever house. They can take it any day if they want to. My mortgage, I says, doesn't get paid off till 2051. I'm hoping I'm not here. They can have my car, too. Sister Brownie's car, too. <laughs> this is not our home. I'm not going to let Satan steal my inheritance. I'm going back to the heavenly garden. That's where my citizenship is. And to do that, I'm going to be armored up. First with truth. Breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, have my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, helmet of salvation. And the Bible says having the sword of the spirit. He didn't even try and hide that one, which is the word of God. See, faith is purely defensive. You're not going to beat the devil with faith. You're just going to protect yourself. Because all it will do is shield the fiery darts. But if you're going to go forward and be offensive into his territory... You need the sword of the spirit 
which is the word of God. Coming back from the land of the enemy. As I said yesterday, they celebrated Veterans Day. But there is coming a Veterans Day in heaven. If you would like prayer, if you would like to make a recommitment, if you would like to say, Lord, I want to be armored up, you're invited to this altar. Because we're going to close this service, but we're not going to close God's presence. And I want to come back from the land of the enemy. Right now we're in a fight. There's many wars going on in this world that are physical. And because they're physical and in other countries, we think, oh, we're okay. It's not happening. I tell you, the worst war is the one here that you can't see. Because you don't know that you're being shot at. And you're just going through and thinking, what's happening? But the Bible tells us that we have a captain, we have an advocate and a high priest who has gone before us. And he's coming back to fight this war for us. Amen. And we cannot be defeated if we follow our commander. Hallelujah. He wants to bring us back safely from the land of the enemy. Hallelujah. We're going to pray, ask God's blessing on this word that it will encourage you, that you will find a place in your heart to meditate about it this week. You tell Satan, I'm coming back from the land of the enemy. Uh, This is not where I'm putting down my forever home. This is not my forever home. I have a place. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions and I'm going away there to prepare a place. That's my inheritance. Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears. For thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that it finds good soil. Lord, that it encourage us to know that we are in warfare. Lord, that let your word cover us. Let your word be our breastplate. Let your word be our helmet, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord God, to just come down right now and touch those who need a touch. Lord God, lift up the brokenhearted, Lord. Set at liberty them that are bound. Hallelujah. Free. Hallelujah. Bring deliverance. We thank you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we pray. Church, if you could join me and open your mouth and just call on the name of the Lord. Let us do it as a congregation. Let's open our mouth and say, Lord, you bring me back from the land of the enemy. Hallelujah.